Welcome back to the What Happened podcast. What happened? It has two question marks. It has um, a ton of technical issues. <laughs> um, and a new picture. Oh, yeah. We got a new picture. That was my entire contribution to this while you do all the tech things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today, we're what were we talking about? We're talking about some weird Arctic exploration some weird stuff. weird Arctic survival Maybe so. At least it's survival on my end. I don't know about your end. Uh, my end's a little weirder. Some survive, some don't. We'll get there. Okay. Take Sounds it away, Owen. Oh, all right. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, oh, we did say that first. it's my turn. All right. So I titled this Stranded in the Arctic. You put a title on yours? Yeah. It's like three pages. <laughs> My high school English teacher would be like really proud of me right now, dude. Mine's called Untitled Document. <laughs> All right, is that what it is? That the story? Nope. Um. So, uh, my story: stranded in the Arctic. Uh, it follows the Imperial Trans Antarctic Expedition of 1914 through 1917. Uh, now, this expedition is quite famous. Uh, it actually didn't complete its main mission, but it is world renowned for its um, show of endurance and survival. Oh, is this the uh, Witwicky tr- uh, expedition? Isn't Witwicky like Transformers? Like Sam Witwicky? <laughs> he wasn't real. <laughs> Wait, is there is there like a is there a plot when there's like? Oh, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. Megatron needs yeah, the glasses. Yeah, like a neck. Oh, that's what it is. Because the there's a map to to yeah, Unicron. Like grandfather or, did it, right? Or, yeah, on the inside of. Sam, on the inside of Shia LaBeouf's granddad's glasses, so there's a map to the did all his, spark. Did his grandfather put that in his glasses, or did a ma- like massive robot somehow engrave it into? He was okay, Owen. This is the most important Ar- Arctic expedition. Um, Witwicky was in the Arctic, okay, and then he finds Megatron, and then he's like, "Whoa, a giant robot!" And then um, he uh, blasts a map to the all spark on the inside of his glasses oh you're right yeah i remember that yeah but then he megatron forgets it i don't know how we've all been there yeah okay so (laughs) (laughs) to go back to the thing that actually happened um so this is called the imperial trans antarctic expedition and it was headed by sir ernest shackleton you know anything about Sir Ernest Shackleton, man? I've heard of Mr. Shackleton in the past. All right. So Mr. Shackleton was born in February 1874 and is renowned as a famous Irish Antarctic explorer who led three British exped- expeditions to Antarctica. Uh, Shackleton first set sail to, Ant- Ant- to Antarctica in 1901 on board the Discovery Expedition led by Captain Robert Falcon Scott. Um, this expedition was set to be three years of Antarctic travel, but, sadly, Shackleton was sent home early due to health concerns. Uh, he once again journeyed to Antarctica, this time on the Nimrod Expedition of 1907-1909. Yeah, I mean, I call, like, my friends Nimrods. Yeah. <laughs> Probably sounded a lot cooler back in 1907. Um, so, there, him and three others set a record for the furthest south latitude reached at 88 degrees south. And for those who don't know maps, like myself, that's 88 miles from the South Pole. Okay, here's a question, Owen. Was their goal to find some sort of trade route? Like, what were they doing there? I honestly just think it was to explore a almost unknown uh, continent at okay. that time. Okay. I think it was just the British were very explorery, 
and they just wanted to do more of their British shit and just claim stuff that wasn't theirs. You know, the sun never sets over the British Empire, Rowan. I mean, now I think so. I, technically, actually, they got some islands every now and then. Sure, don't they still own the Falklands? Is that a thing? Uh, that's north of Britain, right? No, that's next to Argentina. Oh, that's south? Probably. I mean, I know that they own Bermuda. <laughs> Been there many times. It's a lovely place. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah, okay. So it was 88 miles away from the South Pole. Uh, for this achievement, Shackleton was knighted upon his arrival home by King Edward VII. Interesting. Pretty cool. So it's Sir Shackleton? Uh, yeah, that's why I addressed him multiple times as Sir Ernest Shackleton. Imagine busting that out at a party. I, I Honestly, I feel like... I don't know. I, just, I mean, everyone I read about is knighted. But then again, it seems like everyone who is knighted actually did shit with their lives. That makes sense. Like, isn't... um, What's that guy's name from the Beatles? Isn't he knighted? Jesse McCartney's dad? Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he Sir Paul McCartney? I think so. Yeah. Um, that's embarrassing. I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> Jesse McCartney's dead. All right. So, um, the feeling of almost reaching the true South pole wasn't enough for Shackleton. Uh, he wanted more, but unfortunately for him, another explorer named Roald Amundsen could be saying that completely wrong, uh, would make it there first in 1911 Roald and his crew were the first ever to reach the South pole, uh, with the heart wrenching truth that he wouldn't go down in history as the first man to step foot in the South pole. He devised a better plan. Uh, he wanted to hike from one end of Antarctica to the other. I think I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. So he essentially just wanted to take like a very like unknown, vastly unexplored continent and just wanted to walk across it. That sounds like a leisure activity. I'm not really. Yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't walk across like, I don't know, like North America. Probably let's say Canada because that's more just like one climate the whole way. But Antarctica is just like cold the whole time. I mean, dude, I won't even like walk to like cvs yeah it's like <laughs> two minutes walk from here but i drive every time i get it that wasn't his uh that wasn't his thing he didn't like to drive back in 1907 you know <laughs> yeah um so uh in 1914 shackleton set out with two teams to complete the monstrous task uh so he devised a plan knowing that the trip would be too much for just one crew to handle one team set out from south america or from the weddell sea in south america and the other team set out from tasmania which was known as the Ross Sea. Oh, Tasmania. I've actually, like, really wanted to go to Tasmania. The, um... Never mind, we'll get there. Your story? Yeah. Did we link again? We linked. Ooh. Um, so the South American party uh, would be aboard the Endurance, and the Tasmanian party would be aboard the Aurora. Uh, the Ross Sea party, or the Tasmanian party, would establish camp in McMurdo Sound, and from there, their goal was to uh, establish supply depots, across the um shackleton's route so shackleton's crew didn't bring as much supplies but they were the ones going to complete the actual journey and then the tasmanian guys were going to go there set up like waypoints and like uh outposts and like tents and stuff for the guys that were crossing completely so that way they don't have to carry exactly all this stuff yeah so they would have a lighter on. load okay. but they would have certain destinations to stop at ensuring their like actual survival and that they'd actually be able to finish it uh, so, Shackleton and his crew set off on their journey from South America on board the ship Endurance. Um, due to unusually cold temperatures, Shackleton's ship was stuck in the ice hundreds of miles away from the continent. Um, with the ship weighed down from ice and being pushed from side to side due to the intense, uh, intensely strong ocean currents, I guess like the, the Antarctic Ocean around there is like probably what I've heard is not fun to sail in. 
It doesn't sound great. Yeah, you got like ice and stuff. You got ice and narwhals everywhere. Are narwhals North Pole? I don't know. I, I just like Buddy the Elf, man. North Pole, <laughs> there's a narwhal. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, there was no escape in sight for the ship and her crew. Um, the crew did everything they could to keep the ship afloat. Uh, they were breaking off ice, throwing things overboard to try to keep the boat as light as possible while just like being stuck in the ice. Essentially, they just wanted to wait for warmer temperatures for the boat to be released from the ice so they could just sail away. Didn't work. Um, they waited and waited, but the ice never gave way. Eventually, six full months later, um, the ice would prevail. On October 27th, six months after being stuck, Shackleton ordered his crew ordered his crew of 20, 28 men to abandon ship. So they waited for six full months in the ice, being like, no, it'll it'll warm up. Yeah, they do that a lot when you go to the, the cold places. That's just a thing. I mean, we just have, like, icebreakers now, don't we? Yeah, that's just a thing back yeah. then. Is you're like, well, we're stuck. Guess we're going to wait here. How do you have that? Like, you packed well. Yeah. Like, like, I don't pack well for, like, a day trip. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I forget my keys every time yeah. I go to my car. <laughs> um, so with the loss of their ship, the crew knew that they would uh, never be able to complete their initial goal. Uh, their main goal was now, obviously, just, like, you know, fucking surviving the Arctic. Uh, is it called the Arctic still? If it's because Arctic's the, the Antarctic. North. Yeah, so Ant. All right, so I guess surviving the Antarctic. I'm probably just going to keep saying Arctic. That's fine. Um, so, the ship, being stuck in the ice, had drifted 1,186 miles in 281 days. Wait, wait, wait. So, they drifted how many, how many miles? 1,186. So, they were stuck in ice, but the ice wasn't... The, the, the ice, ice was, was moving. moving. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, they were probably just in, like, some glacier kind of thing. I don't yeah. know. Not a glaciologist stop <laughs> um so the nearest outpost from the group was estimated to be 350 miles away known as an an outpost known as paulette island okay so the crew were able to survive initially off seals and penguins and what little supplies they had from the wrecked ship uh the crew spent another additional month salvaging the ship before it eventually sank due to the like you know icy conditions the yeah. probably massive holes in its hull um once the ship sank, they set out. Shackleton devised a plan to hike across the ice to the northern tip of Antarctica. Uh, they brought lifeboats from the Endurance along with them in case the ice was to give way so they wouldn't just all fall into the freezing water and die. Future-proofing, you know? You yeah, plan ahead. you know, it kind of sounds actually smart. Yeah. His, probably, I wouldn't think of that. But like, no, those are heavy. <laughs> um, uh, with reality setting in more and more each day, it became clear to the crew that survival was paramount. Initially, they sent out on their expedition with sled dogs. They had 30 sled dogs on board their ship. Okay. Some Makes huskies? Sense. Probably some mal malmuts. I don't know what those things are called. <laughs> malmuts. <laughs> you know those big fluffy dogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, they had 30 sled dogs, right? Um, the dogs were going to be very crucial for their actual goal of making it all the way across Antarctica. But the problem that they were having with the dogs like eight months into this journey was they weren't using them. The dogs were eating more food than the people themselves. So, naturally, what do you have to do? Gotta eat those dogs, man. Yeah. So, Frank Wilde, who was the second in command, initially made the decision to kill and eat the dogs. He actually shot five in one day and then just started, like, executing them, right? Um, he is quoted as saying, I have known many men I would rather have shot than these dogs. Which, oh, like, that's sad. I, yeah, that's, like, really sad. And, like, I appreciate that. 
from like uh, I hate people standpoint and like I like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I relate to this man. You know, it was definitely a survival move that he didn't want to do, but he knew he had to. Yeah. Um, the crew ended up trekking over 100 miles, mainly using their lifeboats. They landed on Elephant Island, an island off the northern peninsula of Antarctica. How does that island get named Elephant Island? I wonder if it like looked like an elephant when they like mapped it out or something. Oh, elephant seals maybe? Oh, that's probably more likely. I are those north south? I think those are north. Is that Canada's problem? <laughs> I think those might be Canada's problem. <laughs> um so they ended up on uh Elephant Island. Um the island marked the first time these men set foot on solid land in 497 days. That sounds terrible, man. Sounds fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm all for being on a boat, but if you're, like, walking on ice shelves and stuff, like, it sounds awful. Can you imagine camping out on ice? No, dude. That wouldn't be very reassuring. Um, so... Sorry, I just scrolled way past where I was. So Shackleton concluded uh, that he needed to set out to find help. He wanted to reach South Georgia Island... Um, but unfortunately, unknown to him, it was 900 miles away. And all he had was a 20-foot lifeboat. They only brought one? Uh, I think they brought two initially, but I don't know what happened to the other one. Okay. He, like, so, all right, so I'll get to it. Um, he set up with five men. So I wonder if maybe they left the other lifeboat with, they were 28, so with the other 22, 20, 23 people? Yeah. So they might have left the lifeboat with the other people. It. Yeah, so Shackleton with five other men settled on April 24th um, with only mu- with only a month's worth of supplies. Uh, there were two reasons he only chose a month worth a month's worth of supplies. Uh, one, he didn't want to take the supplies from the actual people he was leaving behind. And two, he figured that in a month he'd either make it to the island or be dead. So yeah. why steal their supplies, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty heroic. <laughs> um, so 22 men stayed behind, and if Shackleton didn't return the following spring, uh, the crew would set out themselves looking for help. So essentially, they they would like wait an entire year for the guy, which like Nothing I don't know how many goddamn supplies these people had, but like a bunch of cold dog meat and like penguins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the boat traveled roughly sixty miles a day. Uh, the men were tortured by strong winds, freezing cold ocean water, splashing all the time. I guess the sleeping bags they brought were just like soaked through. So I can't imagine it was a very fun. 14 yeah they spent 14 days it sounds worse than the 300 mile hike over the ice honestly yeah they do more of that though (laughs) yeah um so 14 days later in 720 nautical miles the men found south georgia island uh they made landfall on the south side of the island which unfortunately for them is completely uninhabited so they had to hike from the south side of the island all the way to the north side so do they have do they bring navigation equipment with them I don't actually know. It's 1914. I'm sure they had, like, you know, better technology than, like, Columbus. Maybe a sextant. Yeah. So, like, he clearly knew where he was. He's been to South Georgia Island before in the past. So, uh, he must have, like, known the area somewhat. Like, this this isn't his first time in the Arctic. Okay. So, I'm sure that also helped, but I'm sure he had some navigation tools. Like, they had a month extra to strip the boat. So, like, I'd probably bring, like, that big-ass compass I always see in movies. I'd bring that with me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, unfortunately for them, they landed on the south side, which is uninhabited. And they devised that um, three men, three of the five men were too weak, right? So, Shackleton and two others set out at 2 a.m. for some reason under a full moon to hike to the north side where the whaling camp was that uh, Shackleton knew of. Okay. Shackleton, I guess, was, like, good friends with the, like, head whaler, the guy that was in charge of the place there. Um, 
head whaler. Yeah, I don't know what they're they're called, but the dude that's just in charge of the whalers, you know. I ain't gonna get the whales. <laughs> I just see him being like, just really. Fu- oh, what's that guy from Futurama? Isn't there like an old like whaler guy that he's up in a lighthouse, but it's the space light lighthouse? I don't. Remember Someone will that. know what I'm talking about. I just know whalers on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, they eventually reached the whaling station. They had to cross, like, glaciers. There was, like, a 200-foot waterfall they had to cross. Like, these these guys did not have it easy. Why didn't they just sail the boat from the south side to the north side? I think the boat was so, like... Destroyed. D- destroyed. From... Yeah, okay. You know, like, a w- two weeks of a lifeboat being in, like, the rough, like, North Antarctic Sea. Okay. Um. So, they made it. And when they were, like, cresting over the hill, the first people that saw them were two kids that were playing. And they, like, scared the shit out of the kids because these guys have been, like, what has it been, like, since October? And this is, like, April now? Or they got stuck initially in October. So that probably took them, like, a month to sail down, right? So these guys have been out for months on end. So they're all, like, complete. They're skinny, massive beards, completely unkempt, scared the shit out of these kids. Naturally. I guess uh, Shackleton's buddy, the main, like, the head whaler guy, didn't even recognize who he was. Um, he didn't think it was him until he kept calling him by name. And then he was like, oh, Shackleton, Ernest, it's you. <laughs> oh, hey, Shaq, what's up? Um, so Ernest was able to steal, um, or I wouldn't say steal, the whaler guy gave him a boat. Um, it took him three attempts to realize that he wouldn't be able to get through the ice with the whaling boat. Were these whaling boats outfitted for ice? I mean, they were there, they're on an island just north of Antarctica. So they're probably, like, decently equipped, but it's still, like, 1914. I don't know how well-equipped the ships are for, like, ice-breaking and stuff. I don't know if they were, like, ice-breakers, but I think they had stuff to, like, they make probably had some steel on that hole. Yeah. Um, so he failed three times using a whaling ship. Um, and the problem that he was having, he's a British citizen. This is a British expedition. You think the British government would be able to help out, right? Okay. It's 1914. World War One is raging through Europe. British, the Britain, excuse me, the British Empire essentially is like, you're on your own, kid. Like, good luck to you. Was he commissioned by the Navy? Uh, I don't actually know. I I think, yeah, I actually, I really don't know. I'd like to think he was. Okay. Gives me more inspiration. Um, so after failing three times and the British Empire essentially just telling him he's on his own, the underdog stepped in. The Chilean government. Ooh. Gave them a tugboat. <laughs> Their <laughs> finest ship. <laughs> and uh, they actually made it through the ice. And he actually found exactly where the 22 men he left behind on Elephant Island were. And was able to recover all 22 of them. That's pretty sick. That's pretty cool. Um, there was like a story I was reading of um, his second mate. I forget. The guy that killed the dogs. Um, whatever his name is. I don't know. I have it in here somewhere. Um, he was essentially like, holy crap, a ship. And then it's just Ernest steering it. And he was like, of course it's Ernest. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's been doing all of this stuff himself. Yeah. It's too. literally all him. Yeah. Like he captained the lifeboat to elephant or from elephant Island. And then he got his way back to elephant Island in a, like a borrowed Chilean tugboat. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this guy's pretty impressive. This guy's a badass. Uh, so he was able to rescue all 22 men. Not a single one of him died of them died. So upon their arrival back to Britain, they, essentially just went like unnoticed because like i said world war two or world war one was raging um and shackleton being the goddamn badass he is he volunteered for the army he got home and was just like that's this isn't enough adventure so he was commissioned in the army um as a lieutenant major and would serve in norway and russia in world war one 
he wasn't just done with Antarctica, though. Uh, once the war ended, he set off on yet a- another um, Antarctic exploration. This time, he wanted to circumnavigate Antarctica in a ship. Okay. Rather than walking, I think he was really fucking done with walking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sail around it this time. Um, so they worked their way from South America like he did last time, but this time they wanted to stop on South Georgia Island. Uh, you know, I think it's a pretty special place in his heart now. He's been there a couple times, and essentially they saved him and his men. Um, unfortunately for Shackleton, due to poor health issues, he died on South Georgia Island of a presumed heart attack. So he never made it around? January 4th, 1922, he died of a heart attack. That's a real bummer. While South Georgia was like their first stop before they circumnavigated. That's a real bummer. Yeah. He is um, on, like, the wish of his wife. He's still buried in South Georgia Island today, and he has, like, a really special... It's, like, a tiny grave, but it's, like, a really special South Georgia Island grave. That's kind of nice. For Sir Ernest Shackleton. Um, The British government awarded him the awards of the Commander of the Royal Order in 1909, and then the Officer of the Order of the British Empire in 1918 for his expeditions. So this guy was very well acclaimed with the uh, Royal Empire. And he's like a war hero too. Yeah, and he was just like, I just like survived like a year in Antarctica, like dying in Antarctica, like let's go fight a war. I wouldn't do the Antarctica thing first off. (laughs) And if I came home and they were like, hey, do you want to volunteer? I'd be like, no. (laughs) Dude, you're going to send me to Norway? It's cold there too. (laughs) I've been eating dogs for the last year. I'm not doing this. I've been eating dogs and penguins. (laughs) You think I'm going to war? Uh, but yeah, he was just an all-around badass. Do you think? Do you think they were like, "Hey, Shackleton, we need you to go go fight in Norway, right?" And he's like, "Do we have penguin? Do they have penguins there?" They're like, "Oh, penguins in Norway, <laughs> penguin right?" pretty good, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the uh, story of Ernest Ernest Shackleton and the Imperial Transantarctic Expedition. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's just like a hell of a survival story that like I would not want to be a part of. Like, everyone survived. They would just be, like, I would be the one who'd just be, like, laying down and be like, just go. <laughs> Dude, the tugboat's here. Just go. Yeah, you guys can eat me. Instead of, like, you don't have to shoot the dogs. I'm pretty meaty. You guys can I'll lay down. Me. Just do it, all right? Yeah. Um, that is kind of crazy. Um, you and I have very similar yet very different stories. So how does that work? So this is the story of the Franklin Expedition, Okay. I've never heard of this. Um, so, what year is this? I know you're gonna say all of this, but they set off in 1845. But oh wow, okay. So for years and years and years, um, is this Britain as well? Yes, it okay. is England. Yes, he knew it. So for years and years and years, the uh, British Navy had mm-hmm. been trying to find uh, the Northwest Pass. North, yeah, Northwest. Passage. Oh yeah, like that's isn't that how they found the Hudson Bay and everything? Right? Yeah. yeah. So basically, the the idea is to find a route through northern canada southern uh, to, to get to the pacific yeah southern like arctic area um to get to canada f- or to get to asia faster so they're essentially trying to find like a really really nice trade route to make um are you just staring at a lava lamp again yeah that's the yeah yeah just continue your story i'm listening <laughs> so they're trying to find a trade route between England and Asia. Okay. Because that'll make everything easier than sailing down around Africa. Yeah, like the Horn of Africa or whatever that's called. Yeah. I, don't know. I think that's Somalia. That's the, I don't know. Yeah. That's the east side. Yeah. Still, though. <laughs> you think it was southern South Africa. Yeah. 
When so. did they have? No, never mind. That's a whole other thing. I was going to ask when that sh- the, that straight came into place, but oh, the straight of Gibraltar? No, the I'm other. I'm pretty one. sure Earth made that. Yeah, no, the the one connecting like the Red Sea and the Mediterranean. Oh, the Panama Canal. <laughs> you got <laughs> your stupid face when you said that. Yes, yes, Ryan, the Panama Canal. Continue. Okay, so this expedition was led by John Franklin, hence the name, the Franklin Expedition. Um, two ships, and all of the ship names in this story, Owen, are amazing. He set out in the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror from... Uh, Who sets out on a, like, expedition on the Terror? <laughs> apparently, um, John Franklin did. Those poor Native Americans. So they sent out, uh, from Greenhith, Kent. Greenhith is the town or whatever. Yeah, in, and Kent in, is in part Kent. of... Yeah. On May 19th, 1845. Okay. And the two ships would last be seen in July by two whaling ships in Baffin Bay. Oh, so is this not a survival? No, it is not. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. So what happened? I put two question marks in the the screen. Oh, dude, that's our podcast. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So let's just go over some backstory real quick. What? I'm just amazed you did that. I need to do that. in every, I'm going to do that in every single one from now on. <laughs> so, John Franklin was born April 16th, 1786 in Spilsby, Lincolnshire. God, he's an old, old soul. Yes, he is. So, Franklin joined the Navy when he was 14, and he originally worked on the HMS Polyphemus. It's a badass name for a boat, dude. Yeah, that it, yeah. Okay. Also, you're 14. Yeah. I like this guy so far. So, when he was 14, um, he uh, was involved in the Battle of Copenhagen soon after he joined the... Uh... What, what, did they go to war with Denmark? <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn, dude, Britain fought everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, he didn't actually fight in that one, but he was there. Um, he worked on the HMS Investigator to... Uh... Sorry, that scared me. <laughs> threw an iPad at me. <laughs> Uh, he worked on the HMS Investigator for a while um, to survey the coast of Australia. See, that name makes sense. The Investigator, we're surveying, not the goddamn Terror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Terror makes sense when you learn what happened. But uh, in 1804, he was present in the Battle of Pulo Auro in the South China Sea. Um, oh, this guy went everywhere. Yeah, he uh, fought aboard the HMS Bedford in the War of 1812. That's a less cool name. I know it's a town. Yeah. It's just a lot less cool. He was also fighting against us, so kind of takes some points. Wait, in China? No, in the War of 1812, dude. Oh, I thought we were still talking about China. Yeah, the War of 1812. All right, so that dick. Um, So, yeah, pretty much he had been all over the world. Um, He fought in a lot of battles. He was a really, like, accomplished guy. Um, In 1819... He uh, was chosen to lead what is known as the Copper Mine Expedition, which is the first of his great failings. So, stop. Oh, do you want me to no, turn no, the no, lava continue, lamp continue, off? Continue, is it distracting, continue, man? Continue. So, him and... Yes, it is, but continue. <laughs> so, the 1819 Copper Mine uh, Expedition, Franklin okay. and 20 men set out from Hudson Bay okay. um, and headed east. Their mission was to chart the Canadian coast east of the Copper Mine River. Eleven of the twenty men died of starvation. Um, those that survived. Wait, this isn't the expedition where they all got lost. This is not the expedition. Jesus, so he has—he doesn't have a good track history with expeditions. No, he does not. Okay. Uh, those that survived uh, survived by eating lichen off rocks. Isn't that like moss? Yeah. yeah okay. 
And uh, there were some reports of cannibalism, which is unconfirmed, but probable in my mind. Uh, Franklin himself resorted to chewing on his own boots because he was so hungry. Oh, I've heard about that. Like, you eat the leather, yeah. right? And you get, like, the whatever nutrients isn't just fucking cow skin. <laughs> I don't think it has that much nutrients. I mean, he lived. That's true. But uh, this gave him the title, and this is a very creative title. The Man That Ate His Boots. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting some, like, cool leather spinoff name. Just <laughs> nope. Very literal. Um, so... Uh, he was also part of the Mackenzie River Expedition in 1823. This mission was successful, and they charted 1,000 miles of coast in between Alaska and uh, uh, in Alaska between the Mackenzie and the Coppermine River. You didn't want those birds chirping in the background, dude. They're so loud, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not my fault. You live in nature. <laughs> so in 1837, okay, Franklin was made governor of Van. Diamonds Land, which is present-day Tasmania. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Huh. Um, wow, this guy's gone everywhere. In 1843, though, he was removed from office. How many... Wait, so when was he... When did he get it? 37. Yeah, it's still a good amount. <laughs> he was governor of Tasmania for three or for six years. It's pretty badass. He he didn't, like, step down. Like, someone else was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he has his ups and downs. Okay. Know? So... At this time, Sir John Barrow was the second secretary of the Admiralty, and he was pretty much obsessed with finding the Northwest Passage. Barrow, Barrow, Alaska? Maybe. Isn't that like the northernmost city in, or like town in the U.S.? All the way up in the very top left? Maybe. I I'm just saying, I don't know. How's it spelled? B-A-R-R-O-W? Yeah, it's, yeah. Same As in spelling. a wheelbarrow? Yeah, it's the same spell. Uh, uh, that's, that's just curious. If he was doing that stuff, it makes sense. So I have no idea. But, um... John Barrow had been sending people on Arctic voyages since 1804. So he just so he he wasn't doing them himself. No, he was like a high-ranking guy. Gotcha. In okay. All right. And he was like, "You guys go to Antarctica. Yeah. Or you can go die. <laughs> I'll be here." So this guy really wants to find the Northwest Passage. So who's the best man for the job, Owen? It's not Franklin. I was Franklin I, I, was my like guess his, was Franklin. <laughs> Franklin was like his fifth pick. Oof. Um, everyone else said no. Like, some people were just like, I don't want to go die in the ice. But I'll, Franklin's all for it. Franklin was all for Good it. Good for Franklin. So Franklin was chosen to take uh, two ships to find the Northwest Passage. They were given the HMS Erebus and the Terror. Uh, Franklin would command the Erebus, and Francis Crozier would command the Terror. These ships were used uh, on a previous expedition, but for this specific expedition, uh, they were outfitted with... Uh, like stronger bows like iron plating that makes sense and um steam engines with propellers these bad boys went a blistering 7.4 uh knots an hour no sorry four knots yeah, i was gonna say an hour 7.4 <laughs> nautical miles an hour okay yeah that makes sense um so yeah they also had reinforced rudders so like the they actually prepared for this. You could yeah. like remove them if you needed. Damn, I guess I should have researched the ships a little more in my story, huh? They also had a fancy library with a thousand books in it. On a ship? <laughs> a, I, like a yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the well, logic they know books is get, like books can get wet on a ship. <laughs> I guess the logic is that like they're going and they're like, yeah, well, we'll probably get stuck in the ice, so we might as well have something to read. Oh, they prepared well. Yeah. So in weird ways, but they also. Uh, My guys just ate freaking penguins. <laughs> <laughs> they also brought 8,000 tins of preserved food. Wow. Okay. And it plan they planned to have it last three years. Jesus. 
So, uh, main... so wait, can I interrupt? They planned to last three years, but how long were they actually trying to go for? I think they were trying to go for like until they found the Northwest Passage okay, or right. had and... to return. But they they thought that these eight thousand tens would Could last, last three, three years. years. Okay. So on May nineteenth, eighteen forty five, the crew set sail with twenty four officers and one hundred ten men. Uh, they sailed thirty days to Greenland and stopped for supplies. Um, when they set off, I believe it was the Erebus, uh, had a leak in it. So men would just constantly be having to run the pumps. Um, and it took them like 10 days or something to figure out where the leak was coming from. Like when they stopped at Greenland? Yeah. Okay. So they're, they didn't delayed. start off strong. No. So um, when they got to Greenland, they sent five men home because uh, they all got tuberculosis. Jesus. And in July... Whaling ships uh, by the names of Prince of Wales and the Enterprise. Those are dope names. Yeah. They were the last Europeans to see oh. Franklin and his crew. Oh, I hyped them up. They said that they uh, met the um, they met Franklin's crew waiting to cross the uh, Lancaster Sound. They were waiting there for better conditions um, until they could cross. So from here on out, it's a lot of speculation. Um Two years passed, and uh, they had no word from either the Erebus or the Terror. And initially, uh, Parliament was like, that's just par for the course for Arctic expeditions, so we're not going to freak out. Yeah. But in 1848, two overland search parties were led by John Richardson and John Ray. um, And they set out, and they found nothing. Because eventually they started to worry, so they sent out these two groups, and they didn't find anything. Uh, Two ships were also led by James Clark Ross... I don't know who that guy is. And a 20,000 pound reward was put up for anyone that could find anything about these ships. James Clark Ross didn't find anything. So this became like national news, a sort of like a Chilean miner situation. Oh, I remember that. You know, like yeah. Get those guys out. Yeah. You know? So in 1850, 11 British and two American ships were sent uh, to find them. These ships were, uh, found the remains of a camp where Franklin and his crew stayed between 1845 and 1846, um, as well as the graves of three crew members, but nothing else. Um, is this like stayed because their ship presumably sank or like stayed because they just didn't want to like camp out on the ship one night? Um, we'll get to that. Okay. So uh, in 1852, an expedition was sent by Edward Belcher. Or uh, was sent, and it was led by Edward Belcher, and they found nothing, and um, they sort of blamed that on Belcher not being able to command his men. So everyone hated him, so they just, like, didn't listen to what he said. (laughs) So Belcher uh, abandoned four of the five ships that he uh, set out with and was (laughs) court-martialed. Jesus. That's a lot of money he just, like, left in the north of Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. uh, Fun fact. uh, Did people die, or did they all just end up on one ship? I think they all ended up on one ship. That sounds awful. So, fun fact. Uh, one of the ships that Belcher commanded was the HMS Resolute. What's that, Owen? I, I, I don't know. Um, you ha- clearly haven't seen National uh, Treasure 2. The HMS Resolute was a uh, ship that sank in the Arctic. Is that and the one that Sean Bean's on and then they like explode no, dynamite, but they go below the ship somehow to survive no. the dynamite blast? <laughs> nope. So... Uh, there's two Arctic ships. <laughs> so the HMS Resolute was found, and then they bought a, they got a bunch of wood from it, and they made the two Resolute desks. 
So one. Oh. One. Oh, and then he throws the plank into the river. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I apologize. So one sits in the Oval Office at the White House, and one sits in Buckingham Palace. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had no idea why it was called that. Because it was from the HMS Russell. Oh, you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 1854, John Ray was surveying uh, the Berthus Peninsula for the Hudson Bay Company. Okay. Um, here he met an Inuit man that told him of a party of 35 to 40 men that died of starvation near the mouth of the Black River. That sounds like Franklin. The Inuit men uh, told stories of cannibalism, and they showed Ray items that belonged to Franklin's crew and this was just like a bunch of silverware can i interject by all means so are you saying the inuit just like sat in in like the bush and just watched these dude eat eat each other rather than being like i got food like half a mile away i think that's exactly what happened good on them so <laughs> i mean this story was corroborated by another inuit man okay so there were like multiple inuits just vibing and like I'm, like I'm sure some guy like stumbled upon them went back and was like hey you guys want to watch some people die <laughs> So he gave them a bunch of silverware, and they're like, "Oh, this had to belong to Franklin and his crew." So they sent out on a uh, another overland journey to find them, um, and they found a piece of wood engraved with the word Erebus, and another piece of wood engraved with the words "Mr. Stanley." Uh, Do we know who Mr. Stanley is? He was the ship's surgeon. Good for him. Uh, despite their findings, England refused to send another uh, search and labeled all members of Franklin's party deceased. Okay, wait. So they got a story, found some stuff related, like probably went back to England, and then England refused to send them back out again? Yeah. At, well, so that was in 1854. Okay. They sent out in 1845. So it's Jesus. nine years later. England is like, no, they're dead. I don't blame England. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It would kind of be nice for like, I'm sure family is probably just like, you know, I'd love to have my husband back in like any capacity. Well, so, um, whether he has a bite out of his arm or not, let me find it. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ray's or not Ray, uh, Franklin's wife refused to believe that he like was dead or like maybe just wanted to find, uh, his remains. So, what she did is she commissioned her own ship, um, led by Francis McClintock. So she paid for the ship and was like, hey, go find my husband. Did She didn't go with him? Uh, she did not. She okay. was like a fancy lady. She used to be a governor's wife, Owen. So Yeah, the governor of Tasmania. <laughs> a lot of perks with that job. So Francis McClintock uh, like goes off and he finds um, you know, some relics from their camp and stuff. Uh, he finds a rudder. And uh, a boat containing two corpses. Yeah. Uh, this ship sends out, like, Francis McClintock goes out. He can't find anything. Okay. And uh, eventually, like, they stop sending um, searches because, like, there's just, uh, <sighs> like, they're not finding anything. And they're like, at this point, we're just going to be finding dead people. I mean, it's so, been, like, like, over 10 years at this point, right? Exactly. So, so I I mean, I'm all for, like, finding people, but I'm kind of with England on this. Like, I'm sure it's costing a shit ton of money. Yes. Um, so, they, like, stopped searching back then, but there have been a bunch of, like... Actually, no, there have been two recent um, searches for these ships. So, in 2014, the wreck of the Erebus was found. Oh, damn it. A... <laughs> yeah, I know. You really wanted to do that. I would love to just go in northern Canada. 
Um, and in 2016, oh okay, the wreck of the terror was found. Oh shit! So they found both of them. So did they find these through like satellite photos and stuff? No, they sent ships out. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where were they? Um, Don't say Canada. <laughs> they were uh, abandoned on King William Island. So I'm gonna Google that. Uh, basically, like. <clears throat> They abandoned these ships because they got stuck in the ice, and then they tried to walk to find some place to... Yeah, anything. Like, anything to survive, and they just sort of camped out on this island until all of them died. Sounds awful. Um, died or ate each other, you know? So uh, People live there. There are some theories as to how this went bad, and um, one of the ones that I was told was that... Um, the the canning. Sorry, uh, sorry. Continue. No, you go. Uh, it is the sixty first largest island in the world. Oh wow, the sixty first. And Canada's fifteenth largest island. Hmm, not bad, but so yeah. Um, one yeah, of the okay. theories was that the uh, food that was canned, uh, okay. the canner that they bought it from, was like scrambling to pr- like get all this food in cans. So uh, some of them like. Back then, you would, like, use lead soldering to seal up the can, and some of them were, like, super sloppy. Wait, you say lead soldering? Yes. So, one of the original theories was that they all got lead poisoning and died. Um, But I feel like this had to be, this probably wasn't the first time they have ever used lead to close lids. So, I I feel like, right? Like, I'm sure that was just, like, a normal thing that the British Navy did with their ships and their food. Well, but this, like, the guy that was canning all the food for them was like leaving lead solder like in the inside of the can it was dripping all over it so it was crunchy (laughs) a little crunchy um so that was one of the theories um but one of the analyses of analyses analyses (laughs) analyses of the um uh bones of one of the crew members that they found um they like did it they tested the bones and they thought that there would be a ton of lead in them but there really wasn't so that was sort of debunked um another theory however is let me find it so uh one of the other theories was that um king they so they sailed into an inlet of king william island whether they knew it was king william island or not um and they like tried to make their way through it or over it beached um well they didn't really beach they got trapped in the ice like around the island um and so the theory was that they went down the wrong inlet because in another inlet, there's just like way, the ice is way less bad. So it's just theorized that they just they fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, and that was both boats or so were both boats found together or were they found separately? They were found. Um, well, one Inuit man said that he saw both of them on the same like ice pack. Okay. Abandoned, but just like didn't really notice it. Um, another Inuit man said he like one of the backs was ripped off of one of them. That can't be great. And he like went in there and he found this like crazy smiling corpse because of like rigor mortis. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they found them apart. Like okay. when they were originally found, cause they were found two years apart when it was 2014. That's fair. Was so if you find one, it's not going to take you two years to find the other if they're next to each other. Yeah. So long story short, um, Franklin, Kind of a terrible explorer, but also kind of a great explorer, but mostly a terrible explorer. I mean, yeah, you know, 
started being so what he joined the navy at 14 yeah how old was he when he died he was in his 60s Shit. and so he spent his whole life on the water it's um he uh so you know how he did that one voyage where he was like eating his boots because he was so yeah start like that would make me want to go back yeah so he um apparently lost a bunch of weight for that and then this one he was really fat so well maybe he just stocked up in preparation yeah, maybe. Like, you know, it's cold. You need some insulation. And if you don't want to eat your, like, shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> so now there is a statue John Franklin erected in his hometown of Spielsby, Lincolnshire. Oh, that's nice. And um, one in uh, the city he governed in Tasmania. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Another excuse to go to Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah, that's the story. Work. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the What Happened podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram. We post a lot of supplemental pictures about uh, the things we're talking about. So if you want to see some cool pictures of Franklin or Shackleton's boats, then uh, check us out at What Happened underscore Pod on Instagram. And uh, for updates, you can check us out on Twitter at official underscore WHPC. Oh, the What Happened podcast. And, um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. Thank you, guys. What happened?